Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports or Sports actually. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 143. Another one with uh, a lot to talk about. The usual baseball monthly awards, shortstop list, buy and selling or holding, of course. Every single team, all 30. We did this a month ago. We're going to check back in on where we stand. And then, uh, obviously, the NBA Finals. We're two games in. Talk about that after baseball. So here we go. Yeah, man. Uh, first off, some big news today with uh, Jacob deGrom, who yes. signed a five-year, $185 million deal with the Texas Rangers uh, before the season started this year. And... Rangers have been just fine without DeGrom. He's made a few starts for him. I think it was five or six. I forget yeah. the exact number. I think it was six. Uh, but it was good in those starts. Had some problems with the shoulder and his elbow and all that stuff. Uh, it was originally just going to be a 10-day IL stint. Turned into a 60-day IL stint just a couple just a couple days ago, actually. And now it has turned into Tommy John. Uh, so one of the best pitchers of this era. Probably not going to be on a big league mound again at least until late 2024, but most likely not until 2025. If ever, which is sad to think about. Uh, interview was also pretty sad as well, too. DeGrom was fighting back some tears because uh, obviously you can imagine when you're that good and you've only really made 40 starts over the last four years combined, it's not going to bode well uh, with your morale. Yeah. But at least he has $185 million, uh, in a state that does not tax you for your money there. And we'll much, remember so, uh, no matter what happens, like we yeah, remember Timmy uh, Lincecum. It's true. Uh, let's go ahead and get into our opener, though. But just had to get that some of the bad news out of the way first. And mine is something that we talked about last week with uh, who is the next guy coming up to the big leagues. I mentioned three guys. I mentioned Christian Incarcion Strawn, who is in the red system. And I also mentioned a couple other guys in the red system. Andrew Rabbit and Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, of course, if you follow baseball, you know by now that Ellie De La Cruz has been called up today. Mm-hmm. He's made his major league debut or is making his major league debut. Walked in his first at bat against Tony Gonsolin and scored. Uh, should be getting that second plate appearance here. Uh, do up second in the bottom of the third, actually. Uh, and that came against the Dodgers. And Andrew Abbott made his big league debut yesterday. Starting pitcher, left-handed guy, uh, six foot. 192 pounds so you know nothing too crazy when it comes to being a physical specimen uh but he dealt man six innings six strikeouts only gave up one hit no runs uh ended up getting the win as well too fastball was solid around 93 94 miles per hour curve slider change up were all solid as well too uh and i'm happy to get a quick return on that investment for what we were talking about last week uh, because this dude looks to be legit and the reds Look to be a fun team to watch in the, in these coming months and years as well too with all these kids like all these guys I got coming up. You've been on fire with those picks all season long. I mean, hey San Francisco, look at all these other teams with the same record as you calling up all their big arms. Uh, it's time Whoa. for Tom Harrison. Whoa. Yeah. True. All hey, right. That, anyways, I talked with a friend yesterday. I won't say who it is. It was about Ooh. how much I've enjoyed the first round of the college baseball tournament this past weekend. But he said, there's was no it way it wasn't you there's, he said uh, he, there was no way he was going to watch it because it's not like college football. Well, let me tell you about this past weekend a little bit. Seven regional hosts got knocked out in the first round. Florida, the Gators, they have two of the best power hitters in the world, not just in college baseball and Wyatt Lankford and Jack Caglione. By the way, he's a two-way player. He threw a shutout earlier in the tournament. You looking for tradition? How about two old rivalries resulting in home regional wins with Stanford over Fullerton and Bama over Troy? He said these players will take years to make it to the bigs. Why would I watch them now? Well, tune into LSU. They have the first two picks in the draft, most likely. Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, who are not going to need much time in the minors. I'd much rather watch this than Chelsea get delegated. Thank you. <laughs> I think we knew exactly who you're talking about now. Once with that last remark, uh, 
one of our good friends, Alex. This is actually so, Brett. Oh, this is Brett. Yep. Ah, uh, uh, really? I'm surprised yeah. Brett doesn't have. But former broadcast bro has been on the pod probably about a hundred episodes. I don't know. Maybe maybe you'll see him on here in the future. Uh, but yeah, the NCAA baseball first round or just in general that the first regional going on 64 teams. I'm happy Stanford is one of those teams yeah. heading to the super regional. Just one last night, seven to one, I think over Tamu uh, and got the dub Congrats. there. Uh, so Stanford's moving on, which is obviously good to see for me. Let's go ahead and get into where's your head at though. Where we're doing our player pitcher and rookie of the week. Psych the month. Yeah. Gotcha there. I uh, got myself there as well, too. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll start with the rookie of the week. He's in and do yeah. it a little bit. So I, I know, uh, unfortunately, you can't put your guy Abbott here with only one start, but still a, a lot of great rookies this month. Uh, I'm going to go with Francisco Alvarez, the Mets catcher. 252 average this year. Sorry, this month. I, I, I'm doing it, too. This is once we go <laughs> it's, out of It's just schedule, like muscle memory for what we've done. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, six clutch homers this month. The highest OPS of all of the rookies. That's good enough for me. Yeah, Francisco Alvarez is my guy as well here. Two seven homers, 17 RBIs, OPS over 1,000. Uh, I also want to mention Spencer Steer and Josh yeah. Young, who had really good months. Uh, and then Matt McClain, who also had a really good month, just didn't quite play the entire month because he wasn't in the big leagues yet. Uh, so Francisco Alvarez. Pitcher of the month. I am not going to go with Stroman here. I'm going to go with Shane McClanahan of the race. Uh, another amazing month near two ERA, 40 Ks. That's in the top 10. And Tampa Bay only lost one of his starts. That's amazing with them struggling a little bit. They're still in first place. A lot of that has to do with six great starts this month from Shane McClanahan. I'm going to go with the guy who had an ERA under one. This month, and that's Nathan Eovaldi, 0.96 ERA, 37 and two thirds innings, 31 strikeouts in those innings uh, with a 0.85 whip. Uh, so Eovaldi was great. He's on my fantasy team. So he's been uh, someone that I've obviously kept a closer watch on this year. And it's been a lot of fun because he's one of those few guys in the big leagues right now that is, you know, consistently getting to that seven inning mark and, and past that, which is fun to see because it reminds us. Of the younger days when we were watching people go that far consistently. Yes. Uh, player of the month. A lot of good choices here, Skyler. Who do you go with? There are, but I'm going with Aaron Judge because he notices the MVP is wide open again, and he's coming for it. He had 342, 12 homers. And we always talk about the walk rate on this show. It's 23 walks to 25 Ks over the past month. It's amazing. I'm loving what Aaron Judge is doing. Let's get a lightning card too. How about that? Yeah. Judge is also going to be my player of the month. Uh, 342, 474 on base percentage and an 882 slugging percentage is ridiculous. Good for an OPS over 1.3. 12 homers, 25 RBIs. There's some good other choices on here, like Freddie yeah. Freeman, who hit 400, I think had 46 hits in the month of May, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but Aaron Judge returns to MVP form this month. And uh, starting to put the Yankees on his back uh, for a team that well, starting to get more healthy now, but has been pretty hurt for the first part of the season, like they always are. Top 10 shortstops, Skyler. Here we go. We did third baseman last week. We're, do we go to left fielders next week? Oh, I think so. Interesting. I think yeah, so. left fielders next week. Then we yeah. move around. Diamond. Uh, do you have honorable mentions that you want to mention because i have a ton i have a ton of guys yeah i, I tried to limit because i knew you were going to go all out for it but there, there's a couple guys who who aren't going to make the list yet but they will probably uh so we got jeremy Pena with the slow start this year i, I don't believe he's trash like i've heard some other people say I, he'll be back matt mcclain great first month red shortstop uh o'neill cruz is injured but uh you know stack cast darling we love those two prospects in the American League, Jackson Holiday, Marcelo Meyer, they're already professional hitters. It should be an easier transition for them than most prospects, especially at shortstop. And then I, I want to throw in my guy Paul DeYoung because it seems like no matter what the situation is, he's always keeping his team afloat. And it's mostly St. Louis for the first couple months. And here he is again. 
Yeah, he uh, he's been hitting the ball out. He's uh, he is on a slight bit of a slump. I had a drop in yeah. fantasy, but uh, I'm sorry, he'll break out of it probably. Uh, I have 24 honorable mentions, <laughs> so I'll go over them quickly. First one is the legacy. Uh, Brandon Crawford and Javi Baez, you know, probably past their primes now at this point. Javi Baez, maybe if you know somehow finds a way uh, to change it up, maybe he can find his way back on this list. But likely last year for Brandon Crawford, uh, and these two guys have obviously been a mainstay. Pretty much anywhere on this list. They've been the top short, not the top shortstop, but probably right around that top spot and uh, towards the bottom part of this list too. So got to mention those guys. Next up is the slightly overrated. Uh, you know, these guys could be on a list if, you know, you're just looking at peripheral stats, stuff like that. Uh, I have Jorge Mateo here who was fire in April, but was absolutely okay. dog shit in May. Uh, Tim Anderson, who is, you know, MLB post about him type guy, uh, but he's not really, you know, that special of a hitter and he's not good as a fielder either. Uh, Jerry Pena is the next guy, obviously World Series MVP, Championship yeah. Series MVP last year. Uh, will probably find his way onto this top 10 list mm. at, at some point in his career. Next up is JP Crawford. Another one of those, like, you know, highlight worthy guys, but doesn't really do much besides that. And then Gavin Lux also falls in that group too, because uh, he's hurt, but when he's healthy uh, and once really gets going at the shortstop position, he could be in that, you know, top 10. Uh, next up is the young guys who haven't quite broken out yet or, you know, haven't really played enough games. Bobby Witt is one of these guys for me. Uh, defense has not been good. Uh, the offense has been disappointing. Obviously, has a ton of stolen bases, but just. Not quite there yet. O'Neill Cruz is another guy too. Arm is amazing. Obviously has a great exit velo type dude, but not much besides being a side cast darling right now. And he has a broken ankle. Anthony Volpe, another one of those guys. Ezekiel Tovar is a guy I want to mention. He's starting to pick it up over these last few weeks. Great on defense. Could be a dude that uh, is the next shortstop in, in Colorado. Uh, CJ Abrams. Kind of disappointing, but starting to pick it up a little bit. I like him in Washington. Matt McLean rakes, uh, yeah. and then Zach Nato also in there as well too, as a as a guy who could get in this list because of how I'll be ready he was when he came up. Next group is the dudes who uh, I don't even miscellaneous. I, I don't really know what to call these guys. <laughs> I have Araldo Perdomo and Ezekiel Duran here. Duran will not be playing shortstop, but just did at the beginning part of the season when Corey Seager was hurt for the Rangers. Uh, but Duran Rakes, he's a fun player to watch. Uh, and if he played the whole year on this shortstop, he'd probably be on this list somewhere. And then Perdomo, who had a terrible year last year, so it's just tainting all of his numbers. But he's had a great year this year. So I'm still kind of, you know, I don't want to be recency bias type dude, but he's he's in there. Uh, and then the prospects. Prospects, you know, obviously are, for the shortstop position are going to be the premier guys. We're going to have a lot of those, you know, top 25 to top 30 guys. Uh, so Ellie Dada Cruz definitely should mention him, even though he's probably going to be playing third yeah. for most of his career with uh, Matt McClain being in the big leagues. Jackson holiday, who I debated putting on this top 10 list uh, because he's amazing already, but obviously he's still 19 years old. Marcella Mayer, Jackson Lawler, uh, Jackson Merrill or, and, uh, or Jordan Lawler. Oh my God. Mm. Uh, and then no, Noel V Marte fall in the top tier prospect guys. And then two guys that aren't really super high, high shortstop prospects, Jordan Westberg and Oswald Peraza are also two other dudes that I want to mention. So sorry about the 24 different honorable mentions. But we, got we understand. Uh, it's a great position. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of these. I'm like, oh shit, I should probably mention him, probably mention him. And yeah. it just got really long. So I ended up having 34 total dudes I'll mention on my top 10 shortstops. But with, without further ado, let's get to number 10. Yeah. Uh, I definitely debated Jackson holiday at nine or 10. I think that is actually where he is, but again, he hasn't played in the bigs yet. So, so we're not going to put him there. Uh, wow. So we'll start it off. Number 10. I do have Geraldo Perdoma in the top 10. Uh, I think he's the rising star of the group, the real rising star. Uh, and I know it's, it's tough. Last year was, was so terrible, but for me, once these guys start, playing every single day and they can keep it up. He's hitting 280, top 10 shortstop OPS. Uh I'm convinced for now. For this season, yeah. he's a top 10 shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, this season I, I definitely think put him in there. Uh but last year was so tainting. I just didn't want to you know sometimes 
you see these guys play a solid first 60 games and then fall off. I hope that's like you said, there's probably 26 dudes that it's just based on your opinion. They're all very similar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Number 10 for me is going to be a high defense guy, slightly above average offense guy. And that's Willie Adame shortstop for the Milwaukee Brewers. A guy who has a strikeout percentage over 25%, uh, one of the highest at the shortstop position. So that's obviously not too good. Uh, Average is low as well, too. Uh, WRC plus in around 103, but he does have 40 homers over the last year and a half. And that's also one of the top. Uh, uh, I think it might even be the top uh, for the shortstops on this list. Uh, fun player to watch and has really broken out in Milwaukee, though. And he just finds a spot on the list here for me. Number nine. Number nine, I have Francisco Lindor of the Mets. I was very surprised to find out he's been hitting the ball at a career high hit rate, yet is still very low in expected batting average, expected slugging, which means he's getting lucky still while having the worst year of his career. Uh, Striking out at an extremely high rate out of nowhere, but, you know, something you'll hear a lot from me during this this ranking, it's insanely hard to play shortstop. So even the bad guys look the part, and Lindor still looks like a top-10 shortstop to me. Yeah. Uh, number nine for me, I kind of have the same situation. Uh, I put Carlos Correa here. Uh, the defense has gone down quite a bit since he became a Minnesota twin. Uh, hitting has been solid, but this year he's been really down in total though. Over the past year and a half, he's 186 games for him. He does have a WRC plus at 126. So again, pretty solid there. Uh, terrible base runner. So he's not going to provide you any stolen bases uh, for a position who usually does. Uh, strikeout percentage over 20 walk rate right at 11%, which is one of the higher spots for, for shortstops. But uh, Carlos Correa starting to fall off a little bit, and that injury situation is something that hindered his uh, his ability here for me as well, too. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight, I got Tommy Edmond. He just gets on base. He can play anywhere. But as a primary shortstop this season, he's been solid. No complaints. Yeah. Number eight for me is going to be where I put Trey Turner. Uh, horrendous at defense. Uh, dude has terrible defensive run saves and outs above average aren't, aren't pretty either. Uh, but he's obviously got the speed factor for any of these guys that's on this list. He's going to be have, have the ability to steal the most bases, even though I think Wander Franco leads shortstops in the big leagues by quite a margin right now. Uh, and he's got power as well, too. Uh, so Trey Turner, 115 WRC plus over the last year and a half. Uh, plays a ton of games too, so the durability is good there. Strikeout percentage twenty percent, walk rate six, could be higher on the walks, but pretty average stuff there. Uh, so Trey Turner falls in at the number eight spot for me. Number seven. Number seven's where I got Carlos Correa. He's struggling at the plate. We can't hide that. You know, hovering up and down the Mendoza line so far all season, but he hits the ball so damn hard every single time. His numbers are going to even out. The power numbers are still there. The defense is good enough to not notice yet, but it's the injuries. You know, the, if he keeps allowing guys like Dansby Swanson to surpass him uh, on lists like these, it's uh, it's going to be a very quick downhill for Carlos Correa. But today, I'll still take him in my lineup. Yeah. Number seven for me is going to be where I put Tommy Edmond. This guy is like a four and three quarters star player uh, or five, four and three quarter tool player. Uh, he has the contact has both things of the fielding. He's able to run the base as well. Power could be a bit better, but then again, he's good at everything else. So why does that even matter at that point? Uh, amazing defensively though, uh, defensive run save and outs above average are both well above league average uh, and up into the, the top, uh, you know, 25% for those guys. And then WRC plus two, he's sitting at 108. So not the best hitter. It ranks 11th in shortstops just behind Orlando Arcia, who actually uh, didn't make my list, but has had a great year for the Braves. Uh, but Tommy Edmond, super solid all-around player. Gets it. Falls mm-hmm. at number seven for me. Number six. Number six, I got Trey Turner, another regressing superstar, but he's slowly turning it on now. 243 average, seven homers is is above average for shortstop. But he's still chasing, still not hitting the ball hard. Uh, The one thing, though, you know, he's still got 100 percentile speed. And I was surprised to see that his defense hasn't regressed. Just kind of 
kind of bad, kind of not sometimes. Uh, it definitely yeah. could have been worse uh, after getting all that money. So he, he stays there at number six. It's, it's tough. Yeah, number six for me. Uh, I was talking to Skyler about this this list before uh, we started the show, where it's like these dudes either really, like hit the crap out of the ball and they can't field for shit, or it's vice versa, or a mix of both. But they just there's not really one or two guys that really I guess there is up, up at the top of the list, but really yeah. you know stand out at the top for both of these categories. Bobuchet's a, a perfect example uh, of one of those guys who absolutely rakes but cannot field worth a thing in his entire career 134 wrc plus leads shortstop so he's got that category uh but defensively he is absolutely terrible ranks near the bottom for stat cast of out above average and uh fielding bibles drs so uh falls in at the number six spot obviously probably fits well in toronto than than what he would in some other situations just kind of with how their lineup is built uh but boba Falls in at number six for me. Number five. All right. Number five, I got Corey Seager of the Rangers. Battling injuries uh, pretty much as soon as he's been getting paid. But the man's on fire ever since he's come back. Some massive power numbers. Uh, and even unqualified, it's still an impressive 351 batting average. Uh, he's just a guy you can always trust with the bat. Yeah. Number five for me is going to be where I slot Xander Bogarts. Uh, the big, big thing of Xander is that he's always kind of been looked at as one of those dudes that hits but can't field. And over this past year and a half, he has really changed that narrative about him if you look at his his metrics and stuff. Uh, so outs above average, I'll go there first. He ranks fifth in shortstops over the past year and a half in that category with 12. Uh, Nico Horner is above him on this list, so I guess you can kind of slot him out because he's playing second base now. Yeah. Uh, which is also kind of crazy because Nico Horner is above a lot of these dudes without even playing any shortstop this year. Uh, but Xander Bogarts, 12 outs above average in that time period. The DRS is also really well, really good as well, too. Uh, and he hits amazing. Uh, he's fifth in WRC plus over the last year and a half. Uh, again, another one of those like five tool players. I guess the speed would be the one thing that's kind of mm. lacking there, but he's still, you know, not slow is what I'm trying to say there. And he, uh, really all around player fits in well in San Diego. Just, I don't know how he's going to be in 11 years and the San Diego Padres are going to be a team that is going to have to deal with that once it comes down to it. Uh, number four, number four is where I got Xander Bogarts. Everyone can see the regression slowly creeping up on Xander. But once again, shortstop is insanely hard to play and he's still near the top of everything. We're not going to see him hit for 300 anymore, I don't think. But I can trust him to not flame out completely after getting paid like some of the early 2000s shortstops who got their money and dipped. I think this is a good spot for Xander still. Number four for me is going to be where I put Frankie Lindor. When it comes to defense, he ranks probably second or third behind a few guys. Uh, and the offense has been struggling this year, uh, but last year he put up a really good season. Uh, still good enough for sixth in shortstops and WRC plus, which is again the stat that I keep on mentioning over and over and over. Uh, walk weight, strikeout rate are right around where they should be, or you expect them to be for these guys. Uh, again, another one of those five tool players when you really look at at everything for him. Uh, so Lindor, not having the greatest year this year, but I assume he'll be fine once it's all said and done, and uh, fits in really well at number four spot, I think. Number three, Dansby Swanson, big bump up this season. Uh, he hasn't really slumped in a while, maybe a year and a half, like the others below on this list have. And he's the best defender out of all of them, too. Uh, he started off really bad, too, so even more respect for that. Uh, and he's on pace for his usual 20 homers and and good RBIs for, for a shortstop. So good for him, man. He's top three this season. Yeah. Number three for me is going to be where I put Corey Seager, 127 WRC plus over the last year and a half. Strikeout percentage is low, walk percentage is up around 9%, so that's probably in the top 10 to 15 percentile for shortstops. Uh, defense, he's always kind of been criticized for his defense, but it's right around league average. You know, you're not going to get anything crazy out of him, but what you're paying for is the bat, and this dude absolutely rakes. Uh, obviously, the speed tool isn't quite there for him, 
but he's got some of the most power out of any any of the guys at this entire position, probably the most, to be honest, when you go through the list. Maybe, you know, raw power, Correa might have a bit more. Uh, but Corey Seager, probably the most yeah. consistent power out of any of these guys. So uh, he slots in at number three for me and one of the best at the position. Number two. Number two. Boba Shett of Toronto. I know some of our friends and even you don't like his lack of consistency, but it's just another dude who hits the ball so damn hard for a shortstop. You know, all the other things like fielding, arm, being average, I think this makes it okay because we haven't really seen a guy like this since Correa five, six years ago. And I believe he was the best shortstop in the league, Correa, during his prime. So, so I, I think Boba Shed could get really close to that. That's why he's two above some of the other guys who are slumping. Yeah, number two for me is going to be where I slot the best defensive shortstop in baseball. A guy who has, see, counted 13 outs above average over any other shortstop in the league over the past year and a half. And that's Stansby Swanson. Uh, one of my favorite players to watch hit. Uh, this year has been down a little bit. Uh, as far as the power goes, but in total, he's still been a great hitter. Uh, but last year, I mean, the the guys that he'd hit runs off of it and the way that he'd stay on great pitching is something that I just, it goes without saying, like it's, I don't really know if that's something you can, you know, track or it's probably something like batting average or slugging OPS, whatever it is against pitchers with like an ERA under 2.5 or whatever. This dude's got to be near the top. I don't have that exact statistic, of course, but He's very good all around, good team leader, and he fits right in Chicago. And I love that contract uh, for the Cubs as well, too, because they didn't have to pay him for, you know, 10 to 12 years. They just got him for seven, get his good seven years, maybe regress in the seventh and then and then get him out of there. But uh, Dansby falls in at number two for me. Do we have the same number one guys, Keller? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so it's, it's Wanda Franco of Tampa Bay and – our expectations for his MLB career were way too high, but he's quietly answered all the questions. He's become that version in real life. He rakes, he plays great defense, he doesn't let the hype get into his way, and he's a switch hitter. I love it. Wander Franco, he's him. I don't want to say our, our projections were way too high because if we're ranking him as the number one shortstop in the big leagues, uh, Let's not forget, he's your age, Skyler. He's 22. Like, he, uh, he's he got a long ways to go, and he's going to grow a lot as well, too, over that time period. He has 21 stolen bases already this year. Uh, the home run power is down a little bit, but obviously has great gap power and fits right in uh, for that team in Tampa Bay. WRC plus in at 129 over his last year and a half. 11.1% strikeout rate is also, I believe, the best out of any of these dudes that we, we've mentioned on this entire list. Walk rate at right around 8% is solid as well, too. Uh, batting average, you know, stuff like that. Is, this dude gets on base. He gets the job done. And uh, he's only going to get better from here. So I don't really – I don't know what his, you know, age 26, 27-year seasons are going to look like. Uh, but we could be seeing a guy who's hitting 325, uh, 200 hits, gold glove level defense, playing for probably still a World Series contender. Uh, in the Tampa Bay Rays, and uh, he's going to be there for a long, long time too, because they they locked him up. Uh, so Wander Franco, yeah. the best shortstop in the big leagues, at 22 years old. I didn't mean that as a, a bad thing, by the way. I meant it as a compliment. Oh, I never thought, you know, God. these guys never live up to it. You know, where's Michael Choice at? <laughs> See what Ellie did in his second at bat. He had a double. So Ellie De La Cruz nice. has his first big league knock, extra base knock, uh, but the Reds allowed a shit ton of runs and are now down five. So uh, yeah. there's that. All right, moving on to buy, sell, or hold. We got some trade deadline talks, together. Let's do this yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. So we'll go, I guess, team by team. Uh, some of these teams, are, I feel like, are pretty obvious, so we can kind of quickly glance over some of those teams. Tampa Bay, buyer. Baltimore buyer, the Yankees buyer, and Toronto buyer. Those seem cool with you? I I think Toronto's going to lean towards the neutral side, but yeah, they're they're going to get an arm for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I 
I think uh, maybe for Toronto, it's either like a really big buy or a slight, you know, get a reliever mm-hmm. or two. And, you know, this, it kind of depends how this next month gets played out uh, in J- July. Obviously, it's a lot pretty early here uh, in the first week of June. But there is that. Uh, I guess the one team that isn't 100% for certain would be the Boston Red Sox. Do you have them as a, as a buyer, seller, or holder? I think they're going to be closer. 30 30. Yeah, I think they're going to be closer to the sell side. I, I don't think they like their core at all. I think they're just waiting for some of the younger guys to get ready. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on that same page where they have they have a decent farm system and they have some some decent young players, uh, but they're just. I hope that their front office realizes that this division is not winnable. Yeah, and you can't make the playoffs between the five seed in your division, and that's kind of where they're sitting right now. Uh, so it makes. No sense to you know buy guys and try to compete for a four spot in the division and you know hope to go on this crazy run when you can just go ahead and kind of retool, get younger in a few spots, and really come out swinging in, in 2024 and 2025 once Mayer and those guys come up. And Yoshida is another guy who like maybe breaks into his uh his uh what is that his prime even though he's I guess kind of already there. Uh, On to the AL Central. The worst division in baseball. Uh, I guess we could do every single team here. Minnesota seems like a pretty obvious buy. Do you have that as well too, Skyler? Yeah. uh, Yeah. The pitching can't be replicated. You just got to hope they realize that before they get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Cleveland. Rough year. Absolutely. Uh, Bottom in the league in, in batting average, all offensive categories. I mean, honestly. Yeah, go ahead and, and pick up some bats for the middle of that lineup. Some of the guys who haven't really worked out too far, <clears throat> Ahmed Rosario. Uh, but Cleveland probably won't be in that bad of a spot when it's all said and done once we get past the trade deadline, especially with how that division is. Next up, uh, the Detroit Tigers, who are sitting at 26 and 32 right now, four games out of the division. You kind of have to stay put if you're the Tigers because no one wants to come there you don't have a lot of prospects that are untouchable and you kind of owe a lot of people money. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers are not in a great spot when I look at the future yeah. of their stuff. So I, I'm saying maybe sell offs like a bullpen piece or a starter. There isn't really too many guys that, yeah. you know, have a ton of trade value, especially maybe Toronto's looking for, for a lefty. Yeah. Who knows? Some, one of those guys. So a slight sell. Then again, yeah. if things pick up and you know Spencer Turkelson turns into the guy that we all thought he was going to be, maybe Detroit finds a way to be 500 and compete in, in the division when it's all said yeah. and done. Next up, the Chicago White Sox, who are 26 and 35, winners of three in a row, uh, but just seem to have nothing go their way. Blow it up. They suck. Yeah, you need to. I don't think they will. I think they're going to do something pretty dumb, but I, I would blow it up completely. I think they're going to buy this farm system is terrible. It's absolutely gutted, but I think they're going to do whatever they can to try to put a bandaid over the season, find a way to the playoffs and just hope things go perfect for them or else everybody's going to be gone. Uh, and just a whole new regime over there in, in Chicago. So, uh, just go for it, I guess. Uh, I don't really know how you, how you can though. Uh, the Kansas City Royals sitting at 18 and 42 seems like a pretty obvious sell. Yeah, you know who needs to go if you're Kansas City and who needs to stay. Rollis Chapman. Yes. Uh, moving on to the AL West. Rangers and Astros are obviously going to be buyers. We're not going to see those teams sell. Two teams sitting right around 500 right now. The Angels at one above. Do you think they buy or do you think they sell? The Angels? Mm-hmm. I think they will buy. Uh, I think there's always a chance that Trout and Otani can stay, so they have to build it up for them. Because if you don't even give it a shot, then they won't stay. Yeah, uh, I think the Angels are going to buy. They have this very—they uh, have a, a way to buy that no team else has because they buy through the draft. Yeah, you know, just go ahead and get a guy and just plug him in the next year, and and they've done that, you know, for four or five years straight now at this point. Uh, so whether they draft the guy who they think can they can throw into their bullpen in August or September, that might be stretching it quite a bit. But I wouldn't be too shocked if that's how it goes for them. But I think they, they probably buy in some utility spots around their team, uh, maybe replacing some of the guys who 
haven't worked out as well this season as they have in the past, mm-hmm. like Jared Walsh and uh, Taylor Ward. The Seattle Mariners set in a game below 500 at 29 and 30. Is this a buy or is this a sell? Or a hold, I guess, as well, too. I think you got to buy if you're the M's. I, I think you know who's going to come up this year and who's not going to come up. And you got to trade those guys. They already did that with the Castillo trade. Uh, there's no looking back. You got to go all in. The bats are are extremely cold. You got to get somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I think you got to buy. I think Seattle has to find a way to sneak into the wild card. I don't think they end up do sneaking into that spot, but uh, I think you got to realize what's kind of going on in the division. Houston's going to remain prevalent for, you know, at least probably at three to four years. Uh, the angels are the angels, but the Rangers are, are probably going to be the mainstay of this division for the next five to six years when it's all said and done and looking at the guys that they have now. Uh, so Seattle's got to find a way to, to win. And uh, they have the pitching to do it. I think uh, when you look at their starting rotation, Kirby Castillo, guys like that are, are great up at the top of the rotation, uh, but maybe picking up a five starter, or picking up a bat at the deadline is definitely something that they're going to have to focus on. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's one of the bigger names that we see traded at the deadline. All right. We'll skip over the A's. Uh, we, we kind of talk about There's that. no one left uh, to sell. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the NL East. Atlanta, we know they're going to buy. Uh, Miami, five games over 500. Winners of four in a row. Granted, that is against Kansas City and the A's. Uh, but only three out of the division. Do you think Miami buys? Yeah. Yeah, I I do too. You know, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Sandy to get it together and the rest of the lineup, but they're, they're just kind of an average team and an incredible situation falling into their lap. So they should go for it. Yeah. I I think Miami's going to push for the wild card pretty hard here. Uh, They just need to add one or two more guys in their lineup. When we look at the rotation, I know Sandy hasn't been great, but he's still a guy who's able to, you know, go out there consistently and you feel very confident when he goes on the mountain. Uh, the other guys in the rotation have been solid. Their bullpen solid as well, too. So if you add a bat in this lineup that, you know, just kind of connects some of the pieces that we we've seen in this lineup over this past year, if a rise and Solaire and Brian De La Cruz and Jesus Sanchez, who's picking up it a little bit. I think Miami could definitely, you know, make a play at the wild card spot. Uh, then Mets seem like a pretty obvious buy. We know, they yeah. buy every single chance that they can get. So we'll skip over that. The Philadelphia Phillies, the NL champs, 28 and 32, seven and a half games out of the division, four games out of the wild card. What do we think here? I think you got to buy. It hasn't been pretty this year, but it's still a top 10 lineup. Uh, you know, you can do it. Turner, Castellanos are heating up. Harper's back. That right there should tell you if Harper's back and healthy, you go all in every year. He wants to. Yeah, uh, I think Philly, you know, isn't going to push as hard as they did a, at the last deadline. I know they didn't make like any crazy moves, but the moves that they made really paid off. Uh, I think they they could add one or two bullpen guys, but the lineup I don't think they're going to tinker, tinker much with because they expect Trey Turner to kind of you know lock it in and some of the other guys like Carl Schwarber who haven't had great seasons start to piece it together over these next few months. Uh, so I think Philly buys, but not as crazy as what you might think with how the record is being shown right now. Uh, we'll see how that plays out for them. Uh, what about an Otani rental? Huh. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> the Washington Nationals, uh, 25 and 34, you know, not as bad as, what we might have expected. This seems like a pretty obvious sell, though, right? For any any of the guys that you got on their team that might be in that category, like a Yammer Candelario, who's having a good year. Yeah, I, you know, I I really want to see him hold because they they got a couple of pretty great fits, but that's just not how it works in baseball. These guys don't spend money; they're going to have to do it another way. So that's going to be through trades. Yeah. Uh, next up is the NL Central, which is, I think, the only division that we'll talk about every single team. Yeah. Uh, the first up is the Pittsburgh Pirates, currently leading the division by a half game. Winners of six in a row. What do we think with Pittsburgh? They're in an interesting spot. I think uh, I would much rather call up all the prospects, just like Cincinnati's doing, than trade them. So I'm going to stay put on the Pirates. 
I think they're going to go a slight buy. I think they have a pretty deep farm system where the, some of the positions are more expendable for them. I don't think they're going to have to give up, you know, anybody top five, top 10 in their system, but a pitcher at the end of the rotation or a yeah. couple of guys in your bullpen that can help bridge together. Some of the guys that didn't have a great start. Some platoon uh, we're not hitters who aren't 40. Yeah. We're not going to see this team go for fucking Otani no. or anything like that, or whoever might be one of those top guys that gets traded at the deadline. But the pirates could be around in central for a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, I say this feels like a somewhat obvious buy, uh, but with the state of the division, you never know. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a buy. They they need some bats, and of course, everyone's looking for bullpen. Uh, so I, you know, I, if, if I didn't say that, I want you to think I was ignoring it. But over the past month, they've uh, fallen from the number six lineup in the majors to 29th, only ahead of the A's. Uh, everyone in this division has a shot. They're going to get some bats. Because uh, most of them are pretty young, so they don't really know what they're doing. I think. <laughs> yeah, the the Milwaukee Brewers are in, in an interesting spot, especially when you look at some of their pitching. Uh, Woodruff, Corbin Burns, and uh, Freddie Peralta, obviously the big three that come to mind. They can go ahead and move one of those guys and get a ton back for them. And, and at that point, uh, when you look at you know the guys that are coming up for St. Louis with Jordan Walker or Cincinnati with Ellie De La Cruz and the guys I mentioned at the beginning of the episode or Pittsburgh with Henry Davis and all those other dudes too, Milwaukee can kind of you know reset their their trajectory uh, at the trade line if they want to. So I I'm I'm not saying that they will. I think they'll probably end up you know slightly buying as well too, kind of picking up some guys maybe to play in the outfield or in the infield. Uh, obviously probably going to have to be a bat though. Cause the pitching looks pretty well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm saying a buy, but I wouldn't be shocked if this team surprisingly makes a blockbuster move to get rid of one of their guys who would get a ton back for them. That'd be cool. Next up is the Cincinnati Reds who have been bringing up prospects recently. Matt McLean, Ellie Abbott over this past month. Uh, Scott, what do you think with the young guns and Cincy? I think you got to hold and you got to see what you got for an entire season. You know, if we get a little closer to the the deadline and they're two games out, then yeah, yeah, they'll probably buy. But as of right now, I'm, I'm not touching it. Uh, the chemistry seems pretty good right now. Yeah. I'm saying hold, you know, maybe they even a slight sell for if someone's like knocking on Kevin Newman or somebody like that, that, is an expendable veteran that I think they could go ahead and move them. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen like people on MLB network talking about Alexis Diaz being traded. That like makes no sense. They have a lockdown closer. Who's young for a team. Who's going to be in the running for that division for the next five to six years. Uh, they're not fucking trading him unless something just goes terribly wrong. Alexis Diaz will be a red for, you know, the next three to four years until he gets dumped off uh, probably to a New York team. But uh, I'm saying maybe a slight sell for Cincinnati, especially if some of the guys, you know, take taking the spots of the the veterans on the team. The Chicago Cubs, a very fun team at the beginning part of the year, has not been very fun over this past month, sitting at seven games under 526 and 33. What do you think? the guys on the north side you know i I would probably sell because i'm not convinced about this core similar to boston i think boston and and the cubs are are like that but they always buy unless they have just won a world series and want to get rid of all the you know horrific amount of millions they used to get there uh so yeah they're gonna be a slight buy i think they understand the situation i think uh they could sell. They have a lot of veterans on their team who are, you know, guys that could give you a your prospect back. Yeah. yeah, guys like that who could, if you find yeah. a guy in a system that you think has a ton of potential that just isn't really viewed that way, then I think you're going to see a lot of those moves for the Chicago okay. Cubs because they have, you know, a Trey Mancini, a Pat Wisdom, that Jan Gomes, Jamison Tyon, who actually has a decent contract, uh, and maybe some guys in the bullpen as well, too, who are expendable 
not going to be huge plans in your future, but can definitely go and help out a contender right now. So uh, I say a sell for the Cubs is eminent, uh, but this team should be average for the next three to four years. Uh, last team, the worst team in this division, four, loses a four in a row, sets them just right back from where they came from, 25 and 36. The St. Louis Cardinals, what do they do for Wayno's farewell tour? You have to buy. You have to. Another situation where I don't necessarily agree, but the best players on your team are are hitting their mid-30s. And, you know, Wayno's already passed that, like you mentioned. It's yeah. it's another very awkward situation because you need another pitcher even to be able to compete. And your guys are locked up for a long time. So, you know, you're not moving Goldschmidt or Arenado. You kind of have to play it out. Yeah. Uh, I think with the Cardinals, it's, uh, again, it's a team that can trade for Otani if they really wanted to and wanted to make a big That's splash true. like that. It's a... It's, Interesting situation being eight games down, but we obviously expect that to even up over the next month or so. And uh, yeah, it's a buy for me. And it seems pretty obvious. Uh, The only team I think on this list that's at the bottom of the division that we're saying buy for. The NL West. uh, I guess we can talk about the division leading Arizona Diamondbacks. Do you think we were buying here or what are you saying? I still think they're selling. There's there's a couple guys uh, who play a lot who aren't a part of the future. I think Arizona realizes that. But, you know, maybe again, if we get another month into the season and they have, you know, a couple game lead over the Dodgers, they'd obviously be buyers. I, I'm just trying to think long term. Long term, they probably sell off some some bets. Yeah, I don't. This team, uh, I'm saying that it's going to be on the side of buy, but I definitely do not see them, you know, making a huge move to go ahead and pick up somebody that is a a star player or anything like that and and jeopardizing some of the guys they have for their future. This team is built for the future. They're in a good spot with this division. I think Arizona, you know, has got it going on. I've mentioned it before the season. I've been saying it every single episode. I love this team. They're super fun to watch. And things are going right there, so I don't think they're going to change anything up. Uh, the Dodgers, that's a buy. The mm-hmm. Giants, 29 and 30, game under 500, two and a half out of the wild card, five out of the five and a half out of the division. What do you think for the other team in the Bay? They got a buy. Uh, at this point, you know, Kyle Harrison's not up yet. Are they trading for Shohei? What's going on? You know, uh, could that be a possible outcome because you know that's going to be their top guy after the season and if you're still you know 78 and 84 whatever the math adds up to uh otani's not coming there at all so you got to get a little better i think they know that san francisco i feel like has the most variety in ways that they can go here i think uh you know we could see them just fail every move that they try (laughs) to make and just hold everybody and at that point, you know, you have all these veterans on your team that just, you know, don't fit. Uh, and, and a team that is, you know, middle of the pack for this stuff. And then you look at uh, a way that they could buy and go ahead and, and, you know, get some, I guess, veteran guys to help fill, help the better other veterans out. Uh, at that point, you jeopardize your future or you could sell off those, uh, those vets that you have on your team and kind of make the right move. I think that's probably the the best thing that they can do for the, you know, their future. Yeah. But you know, this team is going to try to buy and do everything that they can to, to reach for a wild card spot, even though the wild card spot doesn't mean jack shit for this team. Cause they're not going to get anything done no. with it. The San Diego Padres. Say it, Skyler. They're buying. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, the Colorado Rockies, the last team to mention, uh, sell. Yeah, you know, they, they have been pretty smart about completely locking up guys they think have a even a chance to be their guy, even if it's a little too early. Uh, but that makes it easy, uh, roster-wise. You know who's going to get traded. Yeah. All righty. That's going to do it for yeah. my seller hold. One last thing before halftime. 
yeah. uh, which will not actually be the halftime. It'll be more towards the end of the show. Uh, and that's our all-star ballot. All-star ballots came out about a week ago. Now at this point, uh, I posted my original one on Twitter. So if you want to go check that out, you can, but, uh, yeah, let's just submit our all-star ballot right now. We got first base, second base, third base, shortstop, three outfield spots, a catcher and a DH. So no pitchers here. So if we were asking about pitchers, check next week. We'll probably talk about that there. Next week. Uh, so first baseman, who are your AL and NL reps here, Skyler? I got Yanni Diaz of Tampa Bay and Pete Alonzo of, of the Mets. I feel like Pete Alonzo gets the nod for me because he's he's been doing everything offensively for that team. 21 homers. Yeah. Uh, first base, Yandy Diaz in the AL and Freddie Freeman, who has just been yeah, that's yeah, 80 no, grade hit tool for the last month that. and a half uh, uh, in the National League spot. Second base. Marcus Semien, he's the best. Luis Arias, also the best at his, his respected spot. I feel like it wasn't too hard for me. Yeah, I had the same two guys. Luis Arias, pin right around 400, so he's got to be on there. And Marcus Semien, the, best at the position in the AL, without a doubt, I'd say. Yeah. Third baseman, this one's pretty interesting. It is. Everyone uh, has pretty much the same exact numbers, so I'm going with the legacy picks. Matt Chapman. Nolan Arenado, because we know their defense is one and two. Yeah. Uh, third base, uh, I went Josh Young uh, for the AL. I think there's a decent chance he, he's a mainstay at that spot. And then in the NL, I went with your guy, J.D. Davis, who has been a rake okay. this nice. year. Uh, and has been playing solid defense as well, too, I guess. Uh, I thought about stop. taking a, an approach of, huh, right. let's go with a guy who might not get as many votes as this guy. But then I was like, that's that's too much to think about. I'm just taking my number one. First stop. Uh, well, we just talked about Wander Franco. He's both of our top guys, so he's in the AL. And Dansby Swanson was my number three guy. He's a top of the National League. Yeah. Uh, shortstop, Wander Franco for me. And then in the NL, Araldo Perdomo. Uh, uh, who is not the, the popular name, but with the lack of production from some NL shortstops this year, like uh, Frankie Lindor and Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner and Willie Adames. Geraldo yeah. Perdomo stands out to me. On my top 10. Your three outfielders in the AL scatter. Who do you got here? Yeah, Randy Rosarina on fire. Aaron Judge even more on fire. Mike Trout, best player in the world. Yolan Alvarez. Uh, mashes baseballs. Yep. Aaron Judge also mashes baseballs. And then Josh Lau is my last outfielder who has Respect. been absolutely amazing uh, and one of the more underrated players in the big leagues this year. Uh, NL outfielders, Skyler, who do you got? We got Ronald Acuna, the MVP. Really? <laughs> Corbin Carroll, the rookie of the year. And Mookie Betts, kind of a legacy, kind of a look at this dude. He still mashes the baseball, and we haven't really been talking about him, and that's my bad. Seems to happen with Mookie, I feel like, a lot. Uh, my guys, Ronald Acuna, pretty easy. Uh, Corbin Carroll, also pretty easy. And then uh, the 20, 21st century's Greek god of walks in Juan Soto. Uh, I had to pick Mookie been, over him. Been yeah, mashing over this past month. Uh, gets the last outfield spot for me. The backstops for the AL and the NL. Who do you have here? I got Adley Rushman, of course, for the American League. Uh, he's been the best over there. And I'm going with Sean Murphy over Real Muto because, again, comparable defensively. But Sean Murphy's been destroying the baseball while JT's been slumping a little bit. So he gets my vote. Yeah, I have Atley and Sean Murphy as well, too. Uh, I'm also very much okay if, if people want to put Will Smith uh, for catcher yeah. in the NL. He's been having a great year, too. Uh, but Sean Murphy, you know, the A's bias, perhaps sneaking in there a little bit. The DH. Huh. Interesting here. Yeah. Uh, so, American League. We'll start there because it's Shohei Otani. Uh you know, it's 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 a down year. It's not the uh, unanimous MVP season quite yet. It still could turn into be 15 homers yeah. as a two-way player. That's insane. Um, but it's it's all about the National League because it's Christopher Morrell. He just had a nine-home run month. 
Cubs DH, Christopher Morrell, fan favorite of Alex. Gets my vote. Otani, son, is my AL guy. Yeah. Uh, but this guy had 12 homers in the month of May, Skyler. And I went with Jorge Soler, who just absolutely matches baseballs, hasn't hit a cheap homer in his entire career, and likes to hit the ball where no one ever does. It's a fair point. Yeah. So Jorge Soler gets the DH spot from me. I hope he gets it because he is an immaculate sports legend for me picking him correctly for World Series MVP two years ago. Respect. Uh, Avaldi versus uh, Gallon. Little preview. Sure. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Actually, probably DeGrom. <laughs> uh, uh, let's go ahead and move to the second half where we yes, are sir. talking basketball. Kyle, the NBA Finals, off to a bang. The series is tied at one game apiece, and I was extremely impressed by Miami in game two, uh, making sure they stole that one on the road, 111-108. I love what Miami's doing. You know, Vincent, Martin, Adebayo, and even Kevin Love have had huge minutes while Butler's taken a step back over these past couple of weeks. We found out uh, his dad might be sick, which is... That's not good, obviously. Uh, but I, I didn't even look at it that way. I just looked at him taking a taking a step back. However, I'm I'm not changing my prediction from last week. I still got Denver in six games. I think Miami will make this one interesting because everybody's so locked in. But Denver's a better team. They're just as deep. They're going to win at least one on the road this week. The entire team has been so efficient. Uh, they're going to figure it out. Denver in six. Yeah. I uh, I had Denver in five last last week, and I think at this point it's kind of tough to just stick with that just because yeah. Miami's going to play these next two games at home. So I'm going to go Denver in six. Uh, I like what Miami has done in these first two games. And, yeah. uh, you know, they just keep on proving us wrong. So, you know, maybe they find a way to win this series. But it's going to be tough. Uh, so I say Denver in six, yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to do an MLB mock draft here, but I had to go into mandatory training for work for five hours ah. today. So we will move it to next week. I apologize. It's all good. Uh, moving into our layups and bull predictions from last week. I had a rough week last week. Uh, my layup was Houston over Minnesota on Wednesday. That did not happen. Skyler had Denver over Miami on Thursday in the NBA. That uh, did happen. So good job to Skyler. This week, I have the Yankees over the Chicago White Sox tomorrow on Wednesday. That is a Lance Lynn start for the White Sox. He's been terrible. Uh, Stanton's back. Rizzo's there. Judge is there. Yeah, Yankees. Yeah, uh, similar strategy over here. I'm taking uh, the Baltimore Orioles over Kansas City on Friday. That's Tyler Wells. He's been great against Daniel Lynch. Not quite as good. Uh, yeah, Baltimore's been very good this year. Moving on to bull prediction. I had Denver in five. It's still possible. So it's not red yet, but it's not looking super likely. Uh, and this guy had a multi-hit game for Otani versus the White Sox last week. Uh, he had multi-homers. So, uh, good job for Skyler there. Thank you. Uh, this week I have Cincinnati winning tomorrow against the Dodgers. Uh, that is a Brandon Williams start or Williamson start. My bad. Uh, hasn't been off to a great start, so it's not going to be you know like a plus two hundred play. But you know, I'm going with one of the safer bull predictions, like a plus one thirty or one forty. All right. Uh, my bull prediction. The last thing we talk about will be some college baseball. I have TCU, the Horned Frogs, going to the College World Series. That was my original pick. Uh, but I realized even though they're playing the higher ranked Indiana state, they're going to be at home for the supers. So I'm going to take it a little bit further and say they get a win in the tournament to finish in the top six uh, because they just beat the crap out of Arkansas in Arkansas, both games by more than 10 runs. This team is, is pretty ridiculous. And I looked at some of their odds for winning the whole thing. Still pretty low. So uh, give me TCU. Yeah. That's going to do it, though, for episode 143. Uh, I just want to let you know, Skyler, that yeah. the Ellie Daily Cruise double 
It was 112 off the bat. I didn't see so, that. You know, he, he he's ripping the ball in his yeah. first at bat. Or, Another yeah, stat cast darling? Yeah, definitely a stat cast darling. Alec Manoa sent down to the Florida Complex League. Yeah. Did you see that one? That's that was absolutely nuts. <laughs> uh, LD Daily Cruz has walked again. So uh, he's on base. OPS at 3,000. So he's the next Take Juan him Soto. Up in fantasy. So he is Barry Bonds. <laughs> Conclusion after three plate appearances, LED La Cruz is Barry Bonds. We'll see you next week. Uh, Lucky Cincinnati, man. Go Dubs. <laughs> Wait. I don't even know what to say, man. Let's go Horn Frogs, I guess. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, South Carolina. Carolina. My guy, my guy Nick is uh, is still in the tournament. He got the the hold against Campbell. Respect, man. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Go Jets, too. Iganio.